I was never really prepared for how big it is <laughs> and how much I didn't realize how little sorry how much I've got to clean even the rooms that never get used <laughs> irrelevant right oh, whether or not I'm using them they still get dusty and shitty but the I want to get so I have some friends who let me a vac every so often right okay. I don't have a super good vac so you have a friend that let me a vac oh okay um, I had another friend let me her vac for a bit send it back and now I'm vacless <laughs> And I'm on the board, I'm like, do I spend? Because I could have spent a couple hundred bucks to get a good back. So. At least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got, I got square footage to work with. <laughs> this back's going to need to be a, like, like a marathon runner, some Kenyan fucking back. And then, so I'm thinking, I've got to drop a couple hundred bucks. Basically, this whole big window, what I'm trying to convince you of, is what I'm trying to convince myself of, is I should spend a thousand and get one of those like mop vacs, oh, okay. little autonomous motherfucking things. Yeah, you get the robot Oh, man, there's some good ones. And YouTube is selling it to me. Okay. So like, uh, I just watched one review. Uh, seven, eight reviews later, I know what one I'm getting. <laughs> I'm very cool. It's the Robo Bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's unreal. It gives me coffee as well. Yeah. If only, the, mother, the thing is, it it has like an app where you can room control it. You can tell it where carpet is, which it'll lift or drop the mop function. Oh, okay. And, it's, and then, what else is it? Oh, you can, it's got, if you spend another thousand, so you're in two grand for this, yeah. you can have it auto clear itself out. Auto empty. Oh, perfect. Auto do the whole thing. And you deal with it once every three months. Once every three months. Once every three months. Nothing like an unemployed man to make ambitious purchases. And you're not talking about cleaning device. That's right. I'm just like, I've got so, so much free time. You just stay watching it clean. Yeah. And maybe I do put a beer on it. Maybe that's a good way to moderate my drinking. Once it shows up, I this is sorry. Thank you. Where the fuck is Steve? Steve, come in here and clean my room again. <laughs> it's, good. it's definitely Japanese. It's the only way it's that good. <laughs> oh, so we're talking about goals. Yeah. Goals now. But so the way we set goals, or and how we set some goals for the year. Yeah, I think the process. Like I think the process, and then also what goals we set for the year and why. Um, and yeah, I just think we're talking through. Yeah, what we're doing, planning for the year, I guess. Yeah. Um, and you're. Yeah, kind of give ourselves a trajectory for the next 12 months. What we want to I'll, do? I'll give you, I'll, I'll kick this off. I have had some thought and written, wrote some notes about this. Okay, all. cool. My thoughts were around um, initially when I was doing these plans a few years ago, I was way more strict with the goals that I was setting. Yeah. And so I found though that very rarely did I hit them the way I'd want to hit them, particularly when I'm planning 12 months out. So I should be clear to start with, I almost always write my goals at the beginning of the year. And I have like a 12 month goal thing, what I want to accomplish this year. And I pick five things that range between things I want to be able to do and things I want to be able to have. Okay. So I always pick up pick five, so it's not too many. So is it five of each? No, or five is it split? all up. Yeah, five all up. Able to do, able to have. So what I and generally I do that by doing something um, I stole from Tim Ferriss, which is dreamlining. Okay. And I break it into three categories. One's want to be in there as well, which is be, have, and do. But mine always end up in having and doing. Okay. <laughs> um, and so I write down five in each category and then I break those down into dollar figures and time how long I think it's going to cost me um, for time and money okay. and then I look at it how plausible it is to do in that 12 months and that gives me my top five for the year oh and so then whatever you think is most plausible becomes your top five yeah oh okay so I come in pretty broad I'm like okay yeah. like things I want like things I want to have which often end up being only one of the top five a year. Could be like, okay, I want a Mustang. Because I want, I want Steve, right? I want Steve. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want in my house. Um, 
things, things like that. And then, yeah. I, then I take a step back, and the other ones could be like, oh, what I want to do, um, I want to be able to have a conversation with mom in Italian. And we can, I see yeah. how that's really different to learn Italian. Okay. And one is an experience-based thing. Yeah. And it's more tangible and measurable. Otherwise, I get lost in never learning yeah, yeah. because yeah. Hey, you can't define learn Italian. Yeah, right? exactly. Or like you can't travel to Italy. Yeah. Like and speak Italian. So there's a different. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So that's normally I break it down like that, and then that gives me so. And you can start ridiculous because it's actually quite difficult to come up with fifteen ridiculous ideas. I was gonna say there's a lot of stuff to like. So you become think about, you normalize a lot of it. Yeah. And then there's some middle ground, some gray area where you're like, I didn't realize I could stretch that far, and it looks like I actually can stretch that far. So you can come up with some some good ideas like. This year I'm doing an avalanche course because I want to spend more time doing these kind of um, action and adventure activities. I'm like, I never thought that would be a plausible thing. I look it up, it's affordable, it only takes a weekend. So I'm like, oh, this is a stretch just because I spent an hour trying to be creative with these ideas. Oh, okay. So that ends up being like something you want to do. Yeah. Okay. So... What are your five goals then this year? Well, that's a, this is why I wanted to, to say it like that, is I've actually done it quite differently this year. Oh, okay. I haven't been as strict with it. Um, I've kind of been just sticking with the things I want to, the person I want to be, right? Because the last couple of years I've been doing do and have heaps more. Okay. So what I want to be is what I'm aiming for this year. Um, I want to be a, like more action and more physical based in my life. So I've created my goal is more, way more broad. Because I kept finding I'd create these goals in the past which was like, write 10 songs this year, the haves and do's, mm-hmm. and I'd write three or four, and I'd be a bit rough on myself, and I'd get really attached to the outcome of the goal. Okay. And I'd lose myself in the process. So this year is a bit more around seeing that during the process that I'm enjoying myself. So the outcome is a process-based thing. I want to be live a more active lifestyle and find that in my work. So that's my goal this year. Okay. So instead of having five, I've brushed it up into one, and then I review, so from that I create some basic things that I want to do every month that are in line with the whole, which are in line with the bigger picture. And I just do it month to month at this point. It's not as big and as long term. So you've got really, so you've got the one big goal then. Mm-hmm. Live active lifestyle and find, find that in my work. Yeah? And then so month to month you break it down. I break it down. So it's like, am I living to the truth? Am I living to a standard that's in line with this? And how do you figure that out? Uh, but I'm winning every day. <laughs> okay. So it's it's changing. I'm trying to. I'm not saying it's the best way. No. By any means. Yeah, yeah. I see that this can create a lot of um, confusion down the line on whether or not I am accomplishing anything at all. I can feel I'm worried that I might end up as a result not of not measuring it properly. Yeah. Feeling like I've made no progress as opposed to the previously is realizing that I haven't made enough progress, but I can see I've made some. Oh, okay. So I can see that as being a bit problematic, but I'd like to see if I can find a bit more peace in this and believing in the process and finding purpose and enjoying the things for me just doing them rather than me getting something specific out of them. Okay. So you're a bit, I guess you're giving in to some ambiguity in the hope that you might be a bit more process driven. Yeah. Okay. And so what, you said you set goals in every month. Did you set some goals for last month and this month? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, so my goals for this month, uh, so I have five things that I'll go for. Okay. So it's finish the yoga course. This is Feb? This is Feb. Finish okay. the yoga course. Yeah. Uh, it was to be able to do 20 minutes of sprinting. Good God. And after that, I need to, to finish um, this book I've been reading. 
-hmm. And the last one I've got on there was to learn four new scales, which is E minor, G, D, and an A minor scale. Piano? Piano, yep. Okay. Because I find that as I do these things, yeah. different opportunities come up in life a bit. So it's like with the music stuff, there's a local band thing um, that they're doing down there that I want to try to jump into that community and that could shift some of the stuff that I want to do, but that's still part of being a bit of an active lifestyle, so. But then you try to put something in place that might help you assimilate into that environment to like learn four new scales on piano, right? And that might transition, right? That might transition from me just going, oh, I'm doing it to get better at keys to, I actually need to perform a song. And this is part of the kind of active lifestyle that I want to live. Yeah. Be more involved in communities of the things that I like. So I think you define active in three ways, like exercise, like I guess intellect. Yeah. I guess exercise is, yeah, we'll call yoga exercise. Mm -hmm. Exercise, intellect, and then like creativity, which is sort of your outlet, seems like it's music then. Yeah. Spot on. I wonder then, like, if your goals last year, and I might be pushing your memory, but do you think they kind of covered those three categories anyway? They did. Okay, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Seems like you can't get away from it, right? Yeah, that's right. It's funny, so I, I mean, just on that point, I, I do the same thing, I write down goals every year, and I keep a record of it. So a little folder of my goals, and probably a folder process for about the last six years. And, um, but I go, every, before I sort of write my goals, I go and sit down, I look back, and what did I want to do every, yeah. every year for the last six years? And I have other goals that are kind of slotted in there, um, going back to about 2010. But it's funny how, like, the, the threads through the goals, like, of things that, like, you continue to value if it's reading books or if it was some sort of change in my relationship with my with screens or if it was some exercise goal there was always some you know bench press deadlift clean and jerk there was something in there as well mm. and then there might have been some work related goal or, or relationship goal or something like, but it was yeah it's interesting how no matter how you've approached it you still kind of are coming back to the same kind of I guess, core values of what you what you'd like to do. Hmm. I guess that's kind of carried you through a couple of years. What well, kind of carries you through your goal setting is these sort of key parts of your life that you just seem to enjoy. I think so. How about, do you, do you find though that the shape of these things change a bit? Like, um, for me, exercise or the physical side is shifting to yoga as a way from weight training. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. Now I'm trying to be, instead of playing drums, as keys. Um, yeah. You know, it's avalanche training. Um, which is something new because I like what we learned from the changing mind and the crystallized intelligence. I used to do stuff new, do right? different things, yeah, and yeah. I, um, yeah, I think that it's great to do a bunch of different stuff and keep it changing and to test yourself and make it because that's where it's difficult. Difficulty isn't found in a really hard task over and over again, right? It's like putting yourself as the new the pupil. Mm. So when you say you take the time and review your old goals and you know you set them up for the year. How often do you find you've accomplished the goals in the year before? What's oh, it's like forty percent. Yeah, right. Yeah, deflating ends. <laughs> you find that the ones, even the ones you've gotten to the forty percent, it's not exactly the way you did it twelve months before. No, I think that's that's a good point. Is it's that, like the year seldom plays out in mm. the shape that you might anticipate it does, and like like things pop up in in such a way that it would yeah move your goal. Like I had a goal last year to sort of start squatting again, and like in the hope that my I could rehab my knee and. I think I saw like 
three or four different physios and exercise physiologists and all this sort of shit and I tried like pretty hard and like there's, there's still no way I might get him to a bottom of squat without being in writhing pain like so like kind of think it and I'll rehab my take me six months or something I could get back but it just it doesn't there wasn't anything else I could do but I think that's like a good thing as well is 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 those those goals where I go okay I didn't I didn't get what I wanted I didn't achieve it but I certainly did everything I could and that, and that's okay like to, what like failure fail past doesn't matter it's 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 given me a trajectory to follow and I'm okay with the outcome like whereas other goals are I know I could have probably done better in, in that area and, and put more things in place and so that's it's, it's just two kinds of failure right in that sense which is which is okay it's humbling as well it's like and I you think the more I've done it the more I've learned to just be okay with like you set the goals at the beginning of the year and you just like I used to do this sort of dreamline thing sometimes and sometimes they're a bit preposterous or a bit far-fetched but that's okay because it, it might push you in a direction that can give you a certain trajectory course of the year that might give you some some way to something to follow right mm. definitely so what's an avalanche course avalanche course is where they take me out into the snow for two nights and they help me understand uh, snow conditions so that I can take out pe- take people out there to a camping or okay. um, ideally one day I'd like to get to um, heli skiing. But I know I've got to work my way up through this over many years. So I thought just while I do the snowboarding holidays, I may as well tackle on little courses while I go. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's cool. Just trying to keep life like interesting, interesting. in that sense. Like, yeah. I've done, like, and I've worked hard probably since I was 24, even younger, really clean goals even much younger than that the yeah. goals, but taking it to another level as opposed to just writing them down at the beginning of the year to actually tracking them and really monitoring them probably mm. for the last six years uh, so I wanted to take a different approach just because I did keep falling short of the goals mm. and I think maybe I had learned from it as well as you had I'd, I'd get frustrated sometimes and sometimes I wouldn't even because I have all mine written down review the year before mm. often I'd write big goals down after hours of deliberation writing down the last year analyzing writing myself and it takes over many days to write down the goals and then I'll, from those goals, then create how the next month or three will look. And I and I change how the goals sound. I fold up that piece of paper, put it away, and I'm going to open it at the end of the year and see if I've made the right oh, okay. track. You know, yeah, so yeah. Right, I can see where I want to get by when. But then just the, the specificity of the goals can really delude my progress. I'm expecting to be here by then, that deflate. I can't get there by then. There's no pressure mm. to do it because it's a personal goal. And I find from this that the further away the goal is, like a five-year, ten-year goal, it should be fuzzy and grey. It should be like, I want to be in ten years an orator. Yeah. You've got no idea with your subject, you've got no idea yeah, yeah, yeah. to how many people, uh, in what context, you'll be on YouTube or you'll be in front of people, whatever the story is. But it should be very blurry. And one day you turn out that it's actually, you're a monologue uh, professional. You're, just an, you're an actor that does monologues in a little dingy bar, and that's your orating. Yeah. So, like having those really, the goals that are further away being more grey, I think it's the best thing while breaking them down to be really, really specific the closer they are. So it's like day to day, just nailing it. Mm. First hour, smashing the first hour. Getting right through to the end of the day, just owning everything that you do. You know, it's like take care of the sense and the dollars will take care of themselves. Mm. I think that's the issue then with, with you know, these annual sort of goals is that, yeah, it's, it's kind of trying to be specific. Like I want to, you know, be or do or have like... 31st of December or whatever it is and it's it's so hard to plan that far ahead so this sort of month to month approach 
is, I think, more pragmatic. I often find, though, so I've got this, um, I buy this journal, it's every year called a, a My Goals, MI Goals Journal. It takes you this whole goal setting exercise up front, which I kind of enjoy. It's very laborious and tedious, but it gives me a little framework. And so then it kind of gets you sort of thinking high level and gets you down to sort of short term, long term goals. And then, like, okay, what's your week look like? And you have tasks for the week. But to that point, it's got like a month, every month you do a month in review, right? So, like, okay, well, how did you go? What were the top three things you did? You didn't do well. What do you need to do better next month? What goals are doing well? What aren't doing well? I try and give you some structure. And so like when I first started this, I did this start in 2020. So this is my third year using this book. Um, I was really good. Like every month, I'd sit down and like, you know, spend an hour looking back at the month and go, okay, this worked and this didn't work. But now I'm just like, fuck, it's so much effort. Like, With a kid. Yeah. You know, every month, like to think about what the month was that just happened. It's just, and to try to like, you know, change trajectories or tactics or change some habit. Like, it's just like, oh, I just, I, just, I don't, like, I find it. I, you know, I'll, I'll forget to do it for a week and then I'm, you know, on the 7th or the 10th of the month. It's like, well, the fucking next review is due in three weeks. So it's like, what do I change in three? You know, it's, it just becomes hard, I think, to do month to month. So it's, it's just that balance where it's like, well, if you can find the time or if you can find a way to do it quickly and easily to sort of set goals on a monthly basis, then like, you're allowed to be a bit more specific and less grey. Was that successful for you? I didn't. Did you feel like you were getting more done that way than this way? No, I think, uh, I think that's part of the reason why I stopped it because I didn't, it was still too hard to tie in the monthly reviews into a 12-month goal. When the overarching thing is still quite specific, like, you know, squat X, like, what did I do wrong? Fuck, I missed two gym sessions. Okay, what do I change? I go to the gym more, right? Okay, cool. Like, <laughs> I kind of knew that, like, without having to sit there and review the month. And so, yeah, to your point, like, I didn't, I wasn't getting the value out of it. So even if I still had the 12-month goals, I think it still becomes quite difficult to, on a month-to-month -month basis to just set the trajectory. When you did your three monthlies, would you would you find that? Would you find it was quite a, a process to go, okay, like if I'm going to do, because you put your, put your piece of paper away for the year, you start set the trajectory for three months and then, you know, come April 1st, you'd have to do the next quarter. And it's a good question, I think, because it's, even though I set it up for like the first three months, it's hard to track it visually. I like to be mm. able to see what I'm doing. So I'll kind of set it up, but I can only often at the best times I've been able to track is like two months on my wall at a time. And so I can see that. But I, I have kind of a three month plan sitting there written that I can see on a smaller whiteboard or some okay. piece of paper I've got where I can see it all the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, what I actually do is I'm a big fan of the like, review and review often, like Richard P. Feynman's quote of, I mean, you must not fool yourself and you are the easiest person to fool. Mm. So a month is not often enough. Normally it's, I do a review the day, like the night of the day. Okay to plan the next day. And that will base on how I went today. What didn't I get through? And at the end of the week, I actually make that three month plan, I actually make it on a broken down on a week to week process. I purposely plan out. If I'm gonna finish the yoga assignment, or yoga course, which I need to do in Feb, how many assignments do I have left of this? So I've actually blotted out on a Sunday where I'll spend an hour reviewing the week that's got gone and the week that's come and it's gotten heaps easier. I don't need to be so critical. It's like, because I can be really um, objective about it. Did I do this? No. What do I need to do to get there by the end of that week? This and this. Yeah. Do it right that there. Next week comes, didn't do two of them. Shit. All right, we're going to move them to this week. And then I got to, and then that kind of helps me with more flow. Like, it's not the most productive way, but I have to review it regularly. Otherwise, I just get lost in the fodder. Do you, like, write, like, like a timetable for the week? So, like, Monday morning, 9 to 12, this is what I'm doing, and then you kind of try to structure your week? Or is it, like, okay, on Sunday, I need to find time on Sunday to do the yoga course? 
No, I actually, I will write one thing. So I've got the monthly planner, mm. and I will change, right now it's just the month, and I will change out the month, so right, it's February. On that point, when I change out the month, I will write down any appointments I have first coming up through the month, mm. and I've got it there to write any new ones. Then I look at the goals that I've set from the previous month, which are based upon the year's goals, and I see how close I got to them, where was I up to. Then I look at those goals, and for that next week, I'll break down one thing a day that I'm going to knock out. Okay. Just one. Yeah, yeah. So, and that way I know I've done seven things by the end of the week. Even if I'm shit. And then some days, because I feel like happy, I might do two things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But never, if I over push, then it's too much. And so now I've got that week, and I was talking about the daily review, mm. I, then I'll get my whiteboard out in the nights, mm. and I'll have that broken down into the hours. So I have seven in the morning, generally, till eight, I have my morning routine, mm-hmm. which I know what that means. And then eight till nine, I've got my new yoga work. And then I've got a little bit of reading after that. Generally, it's pretty standardized. And then I'll have my two hours in there where I'm doing something. That's the thing for the day. That's part of the bigger picture. Okay, that that's the, the thing, whole. Yeah, it's funny how you sort of say, like, focusing on one thing a day. Like, um, I'm, trying to, so I'm trying to write a book this year. Will I get it edited and get it finished? And I always find that if I can just spend at least 30 minutes, like a minimum 30 minutes, or have a session where I've done something for the book. Like I'm trying to write a new chapter because it's getting a bit short. The editor's cutting things back. So I've had an idea for a new chapter, but like, fuck, it's so much work writing a new chapter. It's research and reading and particularly picking. once you put it down. Yeah, in particular, like, I thought it was done. And I'm going to pick it up again. And, but I think, and like, it's this, it's the project has been so long. Like I want to just get it done right. Point being is that like, I know the day feels different if I have that, if I have that part of my day. So I could, you know, I work a corporate job, but it feels like a waste of time. Sometimes, I, you know, I'm running around with a two-year-old, whatever. But, like, if I can just carve out one thing in my day that feels like I'm contributing to, I guess, not even my goal for the year. My goal for the year is based on some inherent value I have, right? If it's, like, you know, intellect, creativity, whatever it is. Like, if I can carve out that part of my day, then I, like, it almost... Because it validates today is probably quite a strong phrase, but if oh, I feel okay, yeah, like I feel. But at the end of the day, it's like fuck, I haven't done anything that pushes me towards what I know is my my key focus. Then then that changes how I feel at the end of the day. So if you don't do it and you realize you haven't, you yeah. feel a little let down. Oh yeah, I feel like it just ha- I I feel the day hasn't had as much value. Right? Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, I, I think that we find with a lot of the goals isn't so much creating them and setting them, but it's accomplishing them, right? It's doing the goals. Yeah. And I love, you've got to have a read of Stephen Pressfield's book, um, The War of Art. Yeah, I've got it on my... And totally up your alley now that you're writing, particularly yeah. at the point that you're at, and talks about resistance is the enemy, and that a real pro, they show up. They just show up. Yeah, yeah. And like, I forget the writer that he was quoting, but this particularly famous writer was asked, uh, do you... Do you write only when inspiration strikes? And his response was, yes, absolutely. I write every day at 9 o'clock a.m. You know, and the idea is that you, inspiration shows up when you show up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, one of the things I've been trying to play out here for me, and I literally wrote about this today, was like, I really struggle to just get there and put myself to commit to doing the work. Mm-hmm. But the second I am in front of it, it goes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I am what, like, I am. You're way better, right? And knowing the other thing, too, around doing the one thing a day, yeah. because to me, it's never been like that cram it and I love having my day in hours yeah. love it yeah, yeah. you know so I thrive off that um, because by 6 o'clock I've got free time and I know that I've done my, yeah. my work but what I realized was that if I chunked it out for 2 hours of music 2 hours of training 2 hours of reading then I'd actually become really bored and frustrated and I realized it's partly because at least for me I feel like it's always been brought up in high school we had 40 minute periods for school mm. I think that that's the sort of zone that I go in so when I'm going to do that one thing a day 
I'll give it 40 minutes and then I give it something else another 40 minutes and I give it another 40 minutes and all I'm giving it is sitting down and putting a timer on my watch for 40 minutes and I'm just sitting there. There's no phone and eventually hopefully something happens. Um, fuck, it's frustrating. <laughs> it, it really does work. It really does yeah, work yeah. just by having the time and limiting the time that you're doing it. Okay. The time goes off and you're shit, oh, I just want to finish the sentence. I oh, can't do that. Yeah. My um, light phone ringtone. Nice, it's light. Um, yeah, I think it's interesting. You mentioned that I guess idea of putting a time frame on it. You find that helps, like putting the, putting some like pressure on yourself to get it done. Knowing when it's going to end. Okay. Knowing knowing that like there's two ways to go about something. I want to finish this assignment, and the other way is like I want to give this forty minutes. Okay. And I find that the latter is way kinder for me. You do much better work. You don't sit there and because the worst part is trudging through these things, and you only just create a more of a like um, association with the monotony and the dreariness and mm -hmm. the hard effort because you put yourself to that hard. Why don't you take it while it's good? Mm. Get out of there when it's hot. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. You go fuck. I still remember that was pretty good. I want to get back and taste that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As opposed to like shit, it's two a.m. Fuck, I gotta get another sentence out, which takes another that two hours when you can do it in twenty minutes the next day. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It's interesting. Once you're in the sort of just getting a little bit out of that that 40 minutes, that makes you feel like you've done a little bit, but not pushing it too far. Where it's like fuck, I can't, you know, I can't study again, or I can't do that again the next day. Like, yeah, taking small bites mm. for sure. Um, so, what are your goals for the year? My goal is pretty boring this year. So I do goals and give ups. So I figured if nice. I'm going to do, a, I'm going to achieve something and give something up this yeah. year. So goals is just I've got a work goal. I've got to get something done at work. Launch a new product. I want to have a printed copy of the book, so Glowface, I hold it in my hand. Yeah, accomplishable. Like it's very tangible. Yeah. I want to run the solo to surf, so I'd do a. We have a little competition going on with uh, Nami's uncle and auntie that they'll run it too, and the combined um, best time we get to they sort of you know, win a trophy or some shit. I don't know. Try and make it. I'm just trying. It's fun. Do something different. Do something creative a bit, right? Um, there's a there's a CrossFit workout. So I'm trying to do a bit more CrossFit this year. Just kind of sick of lifting dumbbell curls. <laughs> I've always liked CrossFit. So we, don't, we don't have the body shape to do weightlifting. No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit more cardio orientated, so I'm kind of like, oh, I'll do this. There's a CrossFit workout called Linda, where you, um, it's a barbell workout. You do a bench press, a clean, and a deadlift, um, but it's a, it's a, it's like a descending rep range. So it goes 10, 9, 8, all the way through to 1. So you get 10 deadlifts, 10 cleans, 10 bench, 9 deadlifts. Same weight. So no, you deadlift one and a half your body weight. Oh, wait, one, maybe one three quarters. <sighs> Fucked. You bench your body weight and you, you clean a quarter of your body weight. So it'd be like one. What? Yeah, it's fucked. Ten reps of yeah, one. So you'd, you'd be like three you'd be, quarters. Yeah, so it'd be like 140 deadlift, 80 kilo, 85 kilo bench, and 60, oh, it would be like a 70 kilo clean, like 65, 70 kilo clean. Which is like your PB. Clean? No, no. That's, that's the fucking easy part. Okay. It's the 140 kilo deadlift. Oh, okay. So like nine through, nine through one, I think it's to do like 55 reps. I think when you add it all up. So it's like 55 reps of. This, that's so heavy anyway that's a goal I know I'm not going to hit right but if I can get close if I can get like a 120 you know 110 120 dead 70 kilo bench and you know 60 kilo clean and do 10 through 1 on it and, and you know finish it in 20 minutes like I'd be pretty happy and it's a good it's a good workout where it's like it's a balance between cardio and strength like you're, you're strong but you've got a good engine if you can do that so that's I'm working, working towards that and then I've got a bunch of goals around the house. I want to do some renos and stuff. But it's just, that's a, cool. it's just this guy, like, I know that's going to take time to get quotes and call people and shit. So, like, 
creating some space. My give ups are probably the one that I want the most is, or like and acknowledge the most is, I've said lying even a little bit. So I'm, I started realizing I'm quite notorious to myself that like I will twist the truth in little ways in order to make things less awkward, right? So you've ever like have a conversation with someone, oh, where you're from? And they'll say like some suburb in the inner west. And I have no idea because I've never been in the inner west much, I, but they'll say some suburb and I'll just, to avoid the awkwardness, I'll just say, oh yeah, I know where that is, right? Or alternatively, I'll say, oh, it rings a bell, you know, kind of like some bullshit. And they'll say another bigger suburb nearby, which I still won't know. And then I'll have to acknowledge yeah. that, what that is because I can't say twice in a row that, that I don't know what that big suburb is. What if I can name it? Yeah, yeah, right? That's fair. They're like, so that sort of thing happens a lot. And I avoid that awkwardness, right? Because I don't want to introduce awkwardness in the conversation. But it, I think it creates a precedent in my life, in my conversations with people, how I interact with people, that I avoid these things so I will lie a little bit. I call it lying. It's quite dramatic way to put it, but it's just... So, so the goal is that in every situation, I will be as honest as possible and I will not avoid those awkwardness. So if I don't know where you live, I will tell you I do not know where you live. Yeah, like if, if I you know, don't know what you're talking about or don't know some reference to a TV show or I don't know like some, you know, some quote or some, sh- I will say, t- I do not know that even if it makes you sound like a dumbass. So that's the most important thing for me that this you give up. That's a good one. Um, I've got a six week block where I don't watch TV. So after Super Bowl to my birthday, I'm not going to. Watch TV. What does that look like? What does not watching TV look like? It means no YouTube. Yeah, YouTube's probably the, the worst rabbit hole that I want to get off for a little bit. So just, just so yeah, no TV, no YouTube, no just, Netflix. So no movie. Can you go to the cinemas? No. Oh my god. Oh, tell me about cinemas anyway. <laughs> Nothing. Cool. Just wow. Six yeah. weeks. So, so I want to just detox. That's actually really hard. It's gonna be tough. I've really struggled yeah. with trying to do it. So it's really hard. I think way harder than I thought it was. Oh yeah. I, been anxious about it. <laughs> yeah, complete detox. Like every couple of days is manageable. You know, like knowing that you can do it in a week. Yeah, yeah. And when you're that tired, like you go to for thirty years has been to yeah, sit down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And reading doesn't cease. Doesn't isn't as cathartic. Yeah. I think you other things. I think I want to. I've got a big CD collection, so I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna sit there and get through a bunch of CDs. Do that one CD, or like three CDs a week. So instead of sitting down watching forty minutes of TV. I'm going to do an album, you know, front to back okay. and just have my CD player and sit out. Cool. Sit on my lounge, reclined and listen to a CD. You can pick up smoking or something. Yeah, like no. Yeah. <laughs> Two of my thumbs. Yeah. It's going to hype. Yeah. Hype's classy. Like knitting or something. Knitting, yeah. I always like the paints and more hammer. Like, I think it's always cool. Like, yeah, you can yeah, get yeah, in yeah. touch with something like that. Like, um, I want to give up my iPhone outside of the house. So when I leave the house, I want to leave my iPhone at home. Cool. And the last one is, I've said validation, like, like, I don't want to have to, and I guess it probably ties into the first one, is that, like, yeah, in the conversation, I don't want to feel like I need to, in the things that I say, that people need to be okay with the things that I say in conversation. Like, they need to be happy with it, or val- I call it validation. Um, or, like, validate my work, or, or, you know, that I might value what I do more than what I think someone else thinks about what I do. So then I give up for the year, but... I also write I write quotes for the year that sit above the goals and give ups. Cool. So um, above the above the give ups is a quote from the um, the brave a book called The Brave New World uh, by Aldous Huxley. It's from the thirties. It talks about a, it's like a you know, futuristic dystopian world, and there's this character in there who's called the Savage. He comes from a, a, a reservation they call it, and he's where they don't belong in this world. And they live like old people used to live. Us, for example, you know. Okay. 
So, um, but here the savage re-enters this dystopian, this, this utopic society where everyone is happy all the time and, and everyone has no pain and they've taken away things like pain. They talk about this concept of soma, which sounds very much like um, dopamine, right? Whenever you're unhappy, you can just take a hit of soma and it makes it all go away. <laughs> anyway, so like, <laughs> I like this place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, a, there's a couple of chapters where the savage meets one of the political controllers, right? And he's this guy who kind of knows about the world before this, this sort of utopia was established and then he also... Um, you know, believes in the utopia. He's talking to, the, to the, this controller and he's like, like what the, like, I, this is, this whole world's pointless. Like, this, everyone's happy. Like, I don't fucking get it. Like, wh- you know, what about Shakespeare? What about all these people that no one reads the Bible, but other books that are, you know, valuable? Um, and the, the controller's trying to justify it, right? It's like, this world is, is, you know, people like it. People are happy. And he's like, fuck happiness. You need the tears, essentially. It's his comment. Like, you need, you need tears. Tears are necessary, right? Like, the, the unhappiness is necessary to make, the happiness worth it, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, he says, and then the quote is essentially, I forget the exact words, but the point being is this, that he says, nothing costs enough here, right? Everything's too easy. And I really like that sort of concept of nothing costs costs enough. I think, I think we live in a world where nothing costs enough. And so that's why I put it up above the give ups is because I want to give things up because things need to cost something. So what's the quote you put above it? Well, it's, I forget the exact words, but in the quote, it says, it's, it's the sentence where he says, nothing costs enough here. Yeah. Um, and so that's great that's kind of what it ties in but the last thing and um, maybe we can just quickly wrap up mm-hmm. here but is I read um, there was there was one just actually put two quotes I don't need to put two quotes one is from Emerson oh yeah that he said in order for someone to um, lead their race and I think he's talking about their own race not his race of people they not might, they must not get yeah. caught up in the, he calls it the, the yoke of everyone else's opinions and things like that. You must be willing to put yourself outside of everyone. Oh, the noise, essentially. Yes, yes, yes. I know the one you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, you know the essay that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. The other quote is from, of all people, from Will Smith's book. Oh, shit. Okay. Which I read. Full of insights. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> so, so, anyway, so he, he's which recently came out and it, it, Will Smith is this very A-type personality driven determined works his ass off and you know achieved amazing things and found himself at a you know, point in his life where you know he thought he can make everyone happy which kind of felt similar to me like he was doing all these things so that his mum could be happy his dad could make his wife and kids happy like he was a super movie star like you know I, like I've done it all why you know surely now everyone is okay with their life because of how much work mm. I've done and the goals I've set and everything like that. And so he's got these 20 chapters in his book about these different emotions and that kind of play through his life a little bit. So he goes through this whole journey and finds himself at the end of it pretty pretty broken, pretty lost. Not, you know, he's worked all this way and thinking, like, okay, why aren't people happy and, and I can't sort of... And he, he talks about the situation, went to the Bahamas with this guy, he's a really relaxed Bahama guy and, they go for a swim and he's really anxious and jittery. He wants to go and do something. He can't just sit there and, and relax. And this, I think it's the 18th chapter is a chapter called Surrender, where he talks about how he realized that at some stage in life that, and the quote is, is that letting, letting go is just as powerful as, as grasping. You know, stopping is just as powerful as going. So surrendering to the world around you, not trying to impose your will on it all the time. And I guess... And so I took that quote. So for me, I, it sounded similar to how you started it. Is you've gone through this process of a long time of writing a lot of really strict goals. Like, this is what I want to hit this year. And this year, you're a bit more flexible. You're like, all right, I'm going to kind of give in a little bit to the fact that life doesn't play out the way I want to play, let it play out. I'm going to surrender a little bit to, to the fact that I've got some ideas, but shit happens, right? And so this year, so that's kind of where I'm at a bit this year is, 
is I want to just surrender a little bit more to the life that that that's occurring around me and not have to feel like I need to impose some outcome or goal on every part of my world. Like if it is the way it is, then just give in to that fact and learn mm. to live with that part of my life, not have to set up a goal against an obstacle to overcome it. Maybe I just surrender to that being a part of my life and maybe that'll teach me just as much as it's going to teach me how I put a goal against something in my world in order to overcome it. Mm. Which is an amazing thing to learn from a book by Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> that is for sure, that is for sure. Uh, but it really resonated with me. So I thought, you know, that's what I want to do more of this year. And that's why my goals aren't too crazy this year. They're a bit more relaxed because I want to give myself space and time to surrender to what happens this year. Um, and it sounds like you're probably a bit similar. It sounds like you want to give yourself some space and time to... Yeah. And I think it'll be interesting for, for both of us to figure out what success here looks like. Um, yeah. And maybe the answer isn't right now because I know you're going to wrap up. But what's great is we've got this one like, recorded. So we'll be able to help distinguish if we're successful in mm. the end. Um, or and maybe even success is just the lessons we're going to figure out from it. Because I feel like that's the most thing. That's a consistent thing I've gotten every year. It's like, oh, I'm going to tweak it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Push a bit harder. Pretend yeah, that's a success. I've got to work uh, more, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's good. Um, yeah, I'm glad I'm both going into this a bit more relaxed because we are both very um, dominating kind of characters when it comes to trying to yeah. overly control. I mean, you can even hear you with some of the way we've even done the, the, the uh, goals in the past. Yeah, yeah, it's like really <laughs> regimented. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we still, like you said, we come back to the same things and come back to even some of the same process. So it'd be interesting to see how we go. Agreed. Thanks, Ev. Thanks, bud. Yeah.